Oh, all right. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you are tuning in today, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with D Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. It is Monday, the 29th of January, 2024, and that is NBA Rivals Week done and dusted. We had some cracking games, didn't we? What? We had some great individual performances over the whole of Rival Week. We're going to be running through everything with our best of the best. There's going to be some some surprising teams that are in the best of the best for this week uh, and some that are absolutely flying right about now. Uh, we're also going to take out some trash. There's always plenty of that. We're going to run through some question time. As always, thanks for sending those through at Trash Talk with D-Bork on Instagram and TikTok for those. Some uh, some very good ones this week. We have a few. A lot of people watching an NBA rivalry week, that's for sure. <laughs> and we're also going to be running through our best bets for the NBA tomorrow and a little bit of a recap of what rivalry week dished up to us. A couple of refunds here and there wins here and there not many but take what you can get <laughs> why don't we start with the best of the best and start with the new york knicks yep these knicks are flying ever since the acquisition of og ananobi this team is on an absolute heater their week especially rivalry week started they started things off there 108 103 at the brooklyn nets they are now the kings of new york <laughs> followed that up with even better this was Crazy, 122 to 84 victory against the Denver Nuggets at home, and then finished with another rivalry week matchup against the Miami Heat, a team that they lost to in the second round of the playoffs last season, 125 to 109. So they finished 2 and 0 for rivalry week, 3 and 0 overall on the week. They've now won six straight games though, and Jalen Brunson has 30 plus points in five of his last six. He is tanking not being an All Star starter. To, to heart. He really is. He's taking it personally. They're now 29 and 17 in fourth position in the East. There's no doubt Jalen Brunson is an all star. He's going to be coming off the bench. Bit of a tough one, I guess, with Damian Lillard and Tyrese Halliburton picked as the starters for the Eastern Conference, but it's hard not to put Jalen Brunson in that starting lineup. It's really not. It, yeah, it, it would have been out of him and Halliburton, let's be real, you know. Lillard, first-time All-Star starter himself now as well. But with the way that Jalen is playing, you've kind of got to reward him. You do. Because you look at you look at his averages over the course of the season and they would be absolutely nowhere without him. You know, obviously Julius Randle is, is good, but when you've got Jalen Brunson averaging just over 26.5 points a game at 26.6. He's also averaging 6.5 assists and just under 4 rebounds a night. That's impressive. It really, it really is. And not to take anything away from what Damien Lillard has dished up. You know, the Bucks are in second position out west, uh, out east, sorry. But uh, he's he, he's been a little bit up and down himself. And, he, and if you look at his stat line, that's somewhat a little bit less than what Brunson's coming up with. You know, Lillard's going with 25.3 points a game, 6.8 assists, so slightly up there, and 4.3 rebounds a night. Yeah, I mean, they're both obviously extremely elite, but I would have sided with Jalen Brunson, especially they go as far as he goes with the New York Knicks, and yeah, he's got him coming fourth in the East right now. And This Knicks team could definitely make a run. They could. Since acquiring OG, they're they're absolutely flying. They're an absolute heater. They really are. And 
we're almost lining up again with the Knicks facing off against the Cavs in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, and that'll be cracking contest given how how good both teams are playing right now. But yeah, that is the Knicks done and dusted, and they're they're looking good heading into either trade deadline. They've made their move now; they don't need to make any more moves. Uh, and also with the All Star break too, you'd like to think. Brunson's name is going to be the first one selected off the pine for the Eastern Conference. Speaking of a team who is absolutely flying and had themselves a great rivalry week themselves, the Los Angeles Clippers. Just like the Knicks, they opened opening night of Rivals Week with 127 or 116 victory against the Los Angeles Lakers without LeBron James. Followed that up going to Toronto, 127 to 107 victory there, and then probably one of the most impressive ones of the lot, especially against the Boston Celtics in Boston on a back-to-back, 115 to 96. This team has now won five straight games. Yeah, don't look now, but all of us Clippers haters, once they get Kawhi James Harden, are pretty nervous. Kawhi had a triple-double against the Lakers as well. He had 25, 11, and 10. James Harden followed that up with a triple-double of his own at Toronto, 22, 10, and 13. These Clippers are now 30 and 14 and just jumped the Denver Nuggets to be in third position out west. Not far off first place. Also, they're about a game back of the OKC Thunder there in Minnesota. So, yeah. <laughs> they're looking very, very good, and it, it's always just going to come down to the health of Kawhi and PG. They've, towards the end of, I guess, most seasons anyway, these guys have missed a lot of games, but I guess the difference is this year they are playing, they're playing a lot of ball, so whether or not they do somewhat get shut down a little bit towards the end of the year to make sure they are right for the, for the big games, because, you know, you're not relying on Russell Westbrook anymore. He's coming off the pine and just kind of, yeah holding things together, I guess, for them because their biggest contributor is probably someone of the likes of Norman Powell off the bench. So, yeah, they're looking very, very good right now and, and I guess, clear best team in California when you look at the likes of, you know, the Lakers are, are struggling right now. Sacramento, whilst they're playing decent basketball, they're, they're definitely behind the clips. Golden State, yeah, they're in a, in a lot of trouble, <laughs> you think, for sure. So, yeah, these Clippers are playing some very good hoops and looks good for the opening of their new arena next season. So, and doesn't that look a treat? It really does. Uh, we'll stick out west. Let's go with Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. Cracking rivalry week from, from both of them and a, and a rivalry week contest of their own. Luka has owned the Suns in recent seasons. He really has. And there's always been a lot of spice in this matchup. Unfortunately, the Dallas Mavericks did not have Kyrie Irving in this contest, and the Phoenix Suns ended up rolling away, especially late, more so in the second half, 132 to 109 in Dallas. Devin Booker was outstanding, especially in the third. He was ridiculous. Finished with 46, 7, and 3, while Luka had a, a, a night of his own, really. He had 34, 8, and 9. But when you look at you know, kind of the rest of the week for Devin Booker, that that wasn't even his best performance. Um, he had 62-5-4 at Indiana, but unfortunately the Suns went down. 133-131 to 131 with Siak having 31 points there. We'll talk a little bit more about India a little bit later on with Obi Topin with the game winner there. Again, Booker still wasn't finished. He had 44 in another loss today, though, at Orlando, 113-98. to 98. So... Whilst Devin Booker had two, or I guess three, extremely big outings, still losing two of the three of those games will probably hurt the Suns just that little bit, especially they're a team that's you know hovering around that 6th to 7th mark, I guess, and you, you always want to avoid 
playing in the playing tournament. I know there's a lot of basketball left to play, but those kind of those kind of games when your superstars are having nights like that, you really got to be winning them. You do main mainly those last two games more in particular, especially against the Indiana Pacers without Tyrese Halliburton. So yeah, that's a that's a tough one, but still a phenomenal week though from Devin Booker. Just some great basketball being played all around. And then going back to Luka Doncic. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's seen it. Uh, they had a rivalry week matchup against the Atlanta Hawks, and Luca finished with 73 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists in a 148 to 143 victory at Atlanta. Luca now is fourth in all time, I guess, in most points scored in a game. Uh, it was on the anniversary of the Kobe Bryant and Gigi passing. Obviously, always a a tough one for a lot of us around the world, and a lot in the NBA community and given that Gigi was probably one of Luca's biggest fans, she would have been watching over that one uh, with, with, yeah, just a great amount of joy, really. And who wasn't? You know, when you when you watch a game like that and just watch him just do the things he was doing, he had 65 going into the last quarter. It was looking like he was every chance to, to tie Kobe up at 81 apiece, but he, uh, he finished with 73, 10, and 7. It would have been one of the most incredible triple-doubles. <laughs> and he started going for it towards the end. They just couldn't hit shots. So uh, phenomenal from Luka Doncic. And he finished up the week. Also similar to Devin Booker, I guess, with a with a loss, but his stat line was absurd. He had 28, 10, and 17 against the Sacramento Kings. Darren Fox finishing, finishing with 34. All these matches were, though, without Kyrie Irving, and they need him. They need him back. They really do. As much as, sorry, he did play against the Phoenix Suns, he, for Dallas to, to go that extra level, which they really do, they're going to need him to be playing when the going gets tough, especially in playoff games. They're, as good as Luca is, you're still going to need that second piece in Kyrie. I feel like they are still missing a potential third piece to, to get him something. Maybe someone like, I know he's been traded from this team before, but a Dorian Finney-Smith would, would be great in that lineup. But he's hoping that Josh Green can rise to the occasion, I guess, in, in that lineup because he's going to get a lot of open shots. He's just got to hit him. So simple as that. Ditto Tim Hardaway. So that is Booker and Luca wrapped up. Great week for them. Let's stay out west. The Sacramento Kings. Yeah, again, California basketball just riding high. Three straight Ws for them. Big rivalry night victory up against the Golden State Warriors in Golden State. Still a highly emotional Seen, I guess, out in out in Golden State with the passing of their assistant coach. Uh, Sacramento won 134 to 133. They also beat Atlanta three nights earlier, 122 to 107. These performances, though, from Sac were topped by Harrison Barnes. Yeah, Harrison Barnes. He had 32 and 39 against the Atlanta Hawks and the Golden State Warriors. He also finished finished the week with uh, with a 20-piece against the Dallas Mavericks, also with another victory, like we said, beating them earlier. He was just phenomenal. He hit four threes against the Atlanta Hawks, hit seven against the Golden State Warriors, and, and hit another four against the Dallas Mavericks. So if you're getting those kind of performances from Harrison Barnes, his name's always kind of brought up, I guess, a lot in trade discussions from teams looking for a, a perfect 3-and-D kind of guy. I think he's far too valuable for Sacramento to be losing him, though, especially if he's going to be hitting shots with that kind of consistency. So, yeah, big week for the Sacramento Kings. And, you know, this team, they're hanging around. They really are starting to play much better basketball as of right now as well. They're on a bit of a schneid. 
and now they've seemingly turned the corner, I guess, to a degree. Then you know now in in fifth position they're they're still a long way back of the Denver Nuggets because there's a big gap between fourth and you know, fifth really. <laughs> they're five back of Denver, but if you look at you know five to five to ten out west is only being separated by three and a half games. Every game means a whole lot, and if you can go on a go on a run. You're, you're going to be looking good come, I guess, even trade deadline time or the unofficial halfway point of the season anyway. So, yeah, big week for the Sacramento Kings. Finally, we finished up rivalry week with none other than LeBron James and Steph Curry giving another must-watch television kind of game, you know, a double OT thriller. 145 to 144, the match had everything. LeBron obviously finishing the game with... With two clutch free throws, I've said it for so many years. LeBron seems to, even when he was in his prime, settle a lot on that you know mid-range jumper or, or floater. When he gets into the key, just get to the rim. No one's going in front of you. And he did on the final play. He got hacked and was forced to make two free throws, and he made them both. Uh, I think a lot of people would have thought he was probably going to miss at least one, but knock down both. He's got ice in his veins. He really does. What a ridiculous stat line, though, from LeBron. You look at that. He had 36 points, 20 rebounds, and 12 assists. Just phenomenal, honestly. How old is this guy? <laughs> Steph Curry, though, 46, 3, and 7. Like we said, anytime these two guys get together, it's just much-watch TV, regardless of regardless of their age, regardless of how many years they've been in the league, how many NBA finals they've played against each other. It doesn't matter. LeBron's been in the league now for 20-odd for years. Steph Curry, 14. They're, LeBron's close to 40. He's 39. Steph's 35. Doesn't matter. They're still still two of the best players in the league. They are two of Akron's finest. Uh, and I dare say they can do whatever they want for the rest of their lives. And whenever they step foot in Akron, they're, yeah, they've put Akron on the map. <laughs> they really have. They were great. And just a, yeah, an all-around great way to end what was a, a great week of basketball, which was Rivals Week. It's a great concept kind of adds adds a lot of spice into the NBA day-to-day kind of grind that we do get uh, whenever you get some good rivalry matchups or new rivalries that they're trying to start. It's it's great TV. And like we said, just a phenomenal way to end the week that that game, that game was. So that is our best of the best wrapped up for the week. Why don't we take out some trash? we got a few. All right, we are going to start with the Minnesota coaching decisions to go ahead and bench Carl Anthony Towns against the Charlotte Hornets. Now, if you look at the box score, Carl Anthony Towns has gone for 62-8-2. He got benched down the stretch, though, to lose to the Charlotte Hornets 128-125. to Now, if I've gone out and had 60-plus points, do you reckon I'm going to take things well if I'm getting benched late in the game? Absolutely not. Now, if Minnesota were getting something else out of, I don't know, Ant-Man or Rudy Gobert to finish this game, then fair enough. But they weren't. Edwards finished with nine points on the night. He was doing nothing. Let Carl Anthony Sounds finish the game. I understand that, you know, if you look at the opposition's scoring range from their from their big guys you know Brandon Miller had 29 Miles Bridges had 28 so maybe you know Rudy and Towns weren't being able to stop them I guess especially in the last quarter you know you look at that they lost the last 36 to 18 but at the end of the day you can't have a guy go for 60 and have him sitting down on the pine to finish the game you you simply can't it's it's not good enough 
It really isn't. I know they had him on the court late in the contest against the San Antonio Spurs, which Towns missed a, a tough step back three. But at home, you have to play him. You do. I'm sorry, but that was all-time bad. And we'll put Towns probably sees himself a bit unlucky that he wasn't mentioned in, in our best of the best. But at the end of the day, we're putting him, not his performance in the trash, but the coaching decisions in the trash. 60-piece, though. Seriously. <laughs> what are we doing in the league these days? Speaking of bad coaching or, sorry, I should say, poor decision-making from the front office, the firing of Mr. Griffin out in Milwaukee probably has to be one of the worst decisions I think I've ever seen. The Bucks are 32-14. and 14. They're three back of the Boston Celtics in second position out east. They've got the second-best overall, overall record. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Seriously. How are we firing him? This guy got interviewed by multiple teams, got hired by the Milwaukee Bucks. I think I know a lot of people are you know, pretty much saying that you know, he's lost the locker room. Da, da, da. If he's lost the locker room, how on earth do they have a record of 32 and 14? I know they're a very good roster, but you still have to have a very good coach or a capable enough coach to lead them to a record like that. The guy's obviously making good enough decisions to, to get them wins. Uh, you know, Giannis and, and Dame Lillard, I get it. They're, they're winners. They're going to get you wins without having a decent coach. But the Bucks are going to be, I don't know, somewhat scrutinized or reviewed by how they perform in the playoffs. They're not going to be reviewed by how they perform in the regular season. They're playing good enough basketball now in the regular season. He's doing his job to get them to either a one or a two seed. So let the man finish his job that you paid him for. You've now pushed him out and he's jobless. I understand you're probably having to pay him out and whatnot, but at the end of the day, that's a that's a hit to him for sure. It is. Because questions are going to be asked of why on earth are you sacking a guy when your record is the second best in the league? And you've gone ahead and hired a guy like Doc Rivers who with all due respect, is a perennial loser. He is. I, I, I know he won a championship with that Boston Celtics team, but everyone was winning a championship with that Boston Celtics team. He completely laid an egg with the Clippers. I know it was in the bubble years after that, years before that. Like, and then went to Philly and continued to lay more eggs there. Like, I, I don't get it. It's. I think it's ridiculous. It's an awful, awful, awful decision from this front office to do that and I kind of hope it backfires on him with all due respect to you know Doc Rivers and the Bucks as, as much as I love Giannis I love Dame but the firing of their head coach just it it stinks it sucks it really does so let's stay out east now for our last piece of trash and that is going to go down to the Philadelphia 76ers or call them injuries if you want to call it that uh, against the Denver Nuggets this was the second last of our rivalry week matchups. Earlier in the day, you had Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris pull out uh, probably about 45 minutes to an hour before tip-off, which sucked, obviously, especially coming off the game that they played the week before that, which was awesome in Philly. It was going to be another great contest, in this time in Denver. And then all of a sudden, about 10 minutes before tip, Joel Embiid pulls out with an injury. <laughs> We're going to talk about him a little bit more in question time, but I think it's absolute garbage from the Sixers it's pulling your three best players. This is the only time these Denver fans get to watch this contest, and they wanted you know retribution for their loss in the last week in Philly. You know, give them the chance to do that. Understand they beat them, but you feel a lot better when you beat them against yeah you know, 
their entire lineup. So I think it's garbage from Philly. It really is. It's not good. Take that to the trash. Anyway, that is the trash done for this week. Why don't we slide on into our DMs? Like we said, we've got a few questions coming up this week. Thank you again for sending those through at Trash Talk with D-Walk on Insta and TikTok. So let's stay on Joel Embiid now and go to one of Denver's biggest fans at NCAS underscore. Why is Embiid such a cat? When is he going to suit up against the Joker in Denver? Joel Embiid has now missed four straight games against the Denver Nuggets in Denver. There's always so much that's put towards this MVP battle, battle between the two best bigs in the league. How could you not want to watch that? You know, it's 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 must-watch TV, except when he just doesn't want to play. Like we said, they only play in Denver once a year, and you have now missed or robbed the Denver fans of four straight games. Prices for tickets are at a premium. They really are, especially when you know good teams come to town or, or good players. You know, you got the MVP come to town, so those prices for tickets are going up. And now you have robbed them of the chance of doing that. So you've got the Denver Nuggets up against a G League team. With all due respect to Pat Bev and you know, B-Ball Paul and whatnot, like they they were a legit G League team out there yesterday. It sucked. It really, really does. I hate it. If he misses five straight games next year, goodness me. Honestly. It's a joke. I'm with you, Mystic Sar. I am with you. Trust me. Let's stay out east. At N Evans 44. Speaking of Philly fans, are the Indiana Pacers now the real deal with the acquisition of Pascal Siakam? They are playing some great basketball. They really are. And that's even without Tyrese Halliburton, which is super impressive. You know, Indiana are now in sixth position at 27 and 20. They're coming off three straight wins, obviously against Philly, Phoenix, and Memphis. Losing to Denver in the matchup before that against the Philadelphia 76ers, 114 to 109. You know, when Halliburton gets back in this lineup, they they were must-watch TV at the start of the season, especially when they made their their playing tournament run, uh, making it all the way to the final. There, <laughs> adding. Him alongside Siak just makes that team so, so good on the offensive end of the floor. They really are. They're already averaging just shy of 125 points a game, which clearly leads the Eastern Conference. It actually leads overall in the the whole entire league. So you can't not enjoy watching the Indiana Pacers play. If I'm Milwaukee, I do not want to be playing this team. You know, they you're, you're probably looking at a, you know a three v six battle for that. The Bucks currently up two games on Philly right now. I wouldn't want to be playing this team at all because they're going to be playing with house money. They really are. No one's probably going to expect them to beat the likes of Milwaukee or or Philly or Boston. There's a chance if New York sneak up to third, you're going to get a Knicks Pacers battle, and that'll be a cracking one. It really will. Between you know Brunson and Brunson and Halliburton, and then you know you got Ananobi up against Siakam or Julius Randle. So yeah, it, I, if I'm the, one of the top hitters of the Eastern Conference, I do not want to be facing this team. No, but they're going to be so good to watch in the last few months of this season to continue to I guess make a run at a at a five seed or or top four seed to be honest. But I think they're good enough to avoid falling into 
the in-play tournament. They're currently two and a half games up on the Miami Heat, and they look a lot better than them. Miami are a bit of a mess right now, but they did acquire Terry Rozier, so they, things may get better for Miami. But as long as Tyrese Halliburton can get back on the court, as good as Andrew Nembard has been, I think this Indiana Pacers team, are, whether or not they win the first-round matchup against one of those top dogs, they're definitely going to make it interesting, going to make it very good to watch. So, yeah. Moving forward, if it's not going to be the case this season, they're going to continue to make make some noise next season for sure with, with Pascal Siakam and Tyrese Halliburton. Two All-Stars, let's be real. Thank you for your question there, Gadget, and just get Joel Embiid back on the court. We've got a question from at Randy Fraser. Cleveland and Utah currently surging. Do you see them as buyers or sellers come trade a deadline? Yeah, both teams are absolutely flying, aren't they? And especially considering, I guess, the losses that Cleveland have had. You know, they're playing without playing without their point guard and Darius Garland, playing without their superstar young big fella in Evan Mobley. I've mentioned it previously with Cleveland that the stocks are incredibly high right now for Jared Allen. Do you think he is necessary to keep on board probably is just given the fact that if you do come up against the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs you're going to need him to guard Joel Embiid so he's probably needed but for a guy who's yeah he's averaging just under 15 and a half a game and just under 10 and a half revs a night they look so good they really do they're currently in fifth position like we, like we mentioned earlier there we could be looking again at, at a Knicks versus Cleveland battle I think the one thing that they are missing, though, if they're not going to move on from Jared Allen while stocks are incredibly high, they'd want to look to add swingman to their lineup because currently, you know, when the guys are, I guess, competing for that three-man spot the likes of Isaac Okora and probably Max Struess. And I know they paid Max Struess a lot of money to come across and, I guess, be that three-man once Garland comes back into the lineup. I think they will look to be active enough and try and make a play at someone like, uh, I don't know, a Royce O'Neal or a, or a Dorian Finney-Smith potentially out in Brooklyn. I think that could be a, a chance of that for sure. Again, these guys aren't you know home run hitters, but when you've got Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, Allen, you just need that perfect 3 and D kind of guy to, to help you out. And whether or not Max Struess is going to be that guy, I think they, they'll hope that he can. They, I think they still look to make an upgrade for sure uh, to make some noise in the Eastern Conference playoff proceedings. With, with Utah, as good as they've been of late, they probably can't be playing a whole lot better than what they are. They've obviously won their, won their last couple, been bit up and down and whatnot, but they're playing some very good hoops. You know, Larry Markinen potentially going to be an all-star in back-to-back seasons. Jordan Clarkson's been thrown around a little bit. So there could be some suitors out there for him. I don't think they're going to look to make too big of, a, of an upgrade just for a team who's you know, probably going to be a playing team at best, you'd think. I think their roster is definitely good enough to, to fall in that. But it, there could be some calls for the likes of, of Jordan Clarkson. Or do they look to package someone like a... Uh, no, nah, actually, no. They're not going to do it. <laughs> they're not. They're not, but... Oh, it, it's so tough because they, they are such a young team at the end of the day with with a try 
Agbaji, uh, John Collins. Uh, I love Fontecchio. Keontae George has shown to be to be a great ball player as well this year. So they've got enough young pieces that if they do potentially make a play at someone, they can move those guys. But I think for a team who's not probably not going to look to win an NBA title, but they'll be competing enough, they'll just want to keep these kids around, I think. So, But Jordan Clarkson will be a name to watch come deadline time. So I think they could be the sellers, not the buyers there. Thanks for your question there, Randy. Speaking of big Chicago fans, at Nathan.tan underscore. Had himself a wedding over the weekend. Congratulations, my man. <laughs> Who makes the best deal for Zach Levine? Yeah, that name has been popping up a lot of late. And he's, Chicago have kind of openly said that they're holding him out to make sure that his value is still sky high. I think their asking price is a lot right now. They're trying to get a couple of first-round picks for him. I don't think he's worth that as of right now. But... You know, if you look at some of the teams that will definitely need an upgrade or a chance for them to win an NBA title, having Zach Levine will help. Uh, the Lakers are always heavy in discussions with, I guess, anyone. <laughs> and D'Angelo Russell's name has been popping up a lot for that, and I think you could potentially package Russell, maybe Hudges Cafino, and someone like a Hajimura to the Bulls. You know, you're probably not going to get some first-round picks, but even getting picks off the Lakers, it's it's probably pointless, especially if they do get someone like a Levine, you're, you're going to be looked to pick in late first round anyway. Sacramento could be a chance, so kind of sticking out west there with the likes of Davion Mitchell, who's dropped off a little of late in terms of his playing time. Kevin Hurd, Harrison Barnes, we've mentioned before, being in incredible form. His stocks are pretty pretty high. Maybe Sack might even not look to move on from him, but I think Davian Mitchell's name will definitely be mentioned in trade discussions for sure. And Brooklyn, I think, could be one of the other teams there. With Spencer Dinwiddie's name always pops up a bit. Royce O'Neal, who has an expiring contract, could be could be good for them. And then maybe Ben Simmons. Maybe Ben Simmons. I know. Like it, when you think about like Chicago battle a little bit at the point guard position. Obviously, Kobe White is playing some good basketball, but if you can pick up someone like a Simmons or a Spencer Dinwiddie, that definitely helps for them because I think Alex Caruso's name is going to be mentioned a lot in trade discussions as well for teams that are you know vying for a championship, and he would be a valuable piece for sure. He really would. But yeah, Zach Levine may be on his way out in Chicago. It just depends what kind of package we can get for him, but those are probably the top that I'd have for him. Anyway, thanks for sending those questions through. Much appreciated as always. Uh, keep, your, keep your eyes out as always on Sunday and Monday whenever we post those for question time at Trash Talk with D-Walk on Instagram and TikTok for that. Why don't we now run through our best bets for some NBA action tomorrow. We get a big card, so we'll see what we can find. Before we get into tomorrow's action, we obviously hit on some rivalry week action throughout the week on socials. Didn't have a whole lot of luck. Uh, we're pretty unlucky with a lot, as always. Uh, going about three for four in, in plenty of those. Bam out of bio. I don't know, Miami just didn't want to go to him against the New York Knicks. He finished with 12 points, needed him 15 plus. So, seen a few nicknames popping up for Mr. 75% with a lot of three and four plays. So, yeah, thanks for that. Keep those coming. Uh, <laughs> We did finish with the Lakers Golden State winner, which was nice. So let's have a little double on some NBA action tomorrow. We're going to 
pop over to the New York Knicks, one of the hottest teams in the NBA, up against the Charlotte Hornets. We're going to take the over 223.5 in that one. Charlotte, as we've seen, don't play the best of defense, and I feel like the Knicks can possibly go for about 120 of themselves in that one. Their last meeting in November actually had 230-plus points there, so we'll be sticking with that. And probably in the matchup of the day, the Milwaukee Bucks go head-to-head against the Denver Nuggets. We're going to take the over 239.5 there. Milwaukee's offense has been flying, as always, with with those guys they've got. Hopefully, Chris Middleton is back in the lineup for this one. Denver haven't been as consistent of late, scoring-wise, but I think playing a team like the Bucks, the Bucks defensively have been pretty awful. So if you're ever getting... If you ever want to get your offense going, it's probably against the Bucs right about now. And you can get $3.62 or plus 262 there for that one. As always, keep your eye out on socials at, at Trash Talker Debok on TikTok and Instagram there. We'll be posting a couple more throughout the week. But for now, that is all. So that's our NBA wrap done. We'll be back on Wednesday to talk some NFL football. Uh, yeah, if anyone watched that today, that was... It's tough to watch, but we'll hit on that on Wednesday. Hope you all have a great start to the week. This has been Trash Talk with D-Bork. I am out of here.